celebrating 29 years on Utah's airwaves. Western Life Radio thanks you for joining us around the campfire and for your ongoing support to Utah's longest running home, garden, travel, and outdoor adventure program. You can always join us on our online campsite at westernliferadio.com. Did you know that Utah's off-highway vehicle and personal watercraft youth education programs required by law are now online at www.stateparks.utah.gov? All youth must carry this certification while operating on Utah's waters or public lands. OHV education is required for youth aged 8 to 15, and PWC education is required for youth aged 12 to 17. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price of only $75. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from day to purchase. In addition, Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. Faster Utah empowers teachers, administrators, and other school staff to defend themselves in case of a school shooting. We teach advanced firearms and trauma first aid skills. Graduates of the Faster program pass the same post-qualification shoot as Utah law enforcement. For more information and find out how you can help, go to FasterUtah.org. Mom, when will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Only in the forest can you see this. And this. And this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. I didn't know it could do that! Because one trip to the forest can spark a world of difference. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, canoeing, fishing, or camping. Or create your own adventure with family and friends and you might just see this. Your moment's out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Rise above the best and experience faster internet with Rise Broadband. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so that you can stream all your favorite music, movies, and shows with fast, reliable in-home Wi-Fi. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Get fast, reliable wireless internet so that you can stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering or interruption, or connect with family and friends on Skype. With Rise Broadband, you're just a click away. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 855-375-9473. When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement has been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com. Summer has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse. Take it outside. Play safe, play sober. BUI is boating under the influence. It is illegal to operate a motorboat while under the influence of alcohol. And in Utah, BUI penalties are the same as DUI. It will cost you money and may cost you your life. Play safe, play sober. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by Utah State Parks Boating Program. joins us once again with Utah's Best Gardening, and we are chatting in the garden. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. It's always great talking to gardeners and talking about gardening where gardeners can hear you. I wish we could sit by a little fire and have a chat personally, but radio is a pretty good second. Let's talk about lawns a little bit. Lots of pests in the lawns right now. Uh, A lot of people having some different problems. What are some of the most common ones you're seeing right now? Right now, I'm seeing over 50% of the lawns have either grubs or sod webworm. Now, the symptoms of these are a lot alike, but if you've got a 
dry-looking patch in your lawn, go out and just grab a hunk of grass and pull it up. If the grass comes up and there's a little bit of dirt and a little bit of root attached to it, you've got either grubs, billbug grubs at this time of year generally, or you've got the sod webworm. Both of them are treated the same way. There's probably a dozen or two dozen products at your local home store that can treat that. I use what I have on the truck. I do use some systemics when I've got really large patches, but your permethrin, bifenthrin, pyganic, I think seven's labeled for it, although seven generally has permethrin in it these days. There's a lot of compounds. I used to use Merit. I'm trying to remember all the names. There's a lot of stuff out there. You'll have to go to the store and look for grub treatment, look at the label, make sure the grubs and or sod webworms are on there. And they're actually fairly easy to get rid of. It does take the lawn a while to recover, though. As we get cooled off here, we're going to see less of the grubs, but the sod webworm it will probably continue. And you've got to get that stuff killed by the time it cools off because the cooling is when the lawn is going to take off and it's going to recover much quicker if you don't have bugs still chewing on it. So a lot of those brown patches I'm struggling with, they're going to be there till fall hits. That's where it's going to be. I've got one commercial location and I showed up and I literally didn't have enough spray on my truck to handle it. It was so bad. And I was frustrated because I'd been trying to talk to my account managers for those accounts saying, I need to know when you've got really bad problems so I can show up prepared. I had enough on there to hit three properties. That property was so bad I couldn't have finished it off. Now I've got to go back. So when you do it, do it right, get a good product, water it in like the instructions say, and don't overwater it. And you'll kill those stuff off and you'll give your lawn a chance to recover. Even on some really, really bad cases, the lawn can recover. I'm not going to say it necessarily will, but chances are good it'll recover. Once things get cool, if you've killed everything off. And in the case, like I said, the grubs, those are probably going to be active for maybe another week, maybe two weeks. The sod webworm, that'll probably be active the rest of the summer, so you've got to get that one killed off. And again, if you have grass that pulls out like that, just go ahead and treat. I had one gentleman just get really annoyed with me because in a video I did, I didn't dig up the soil and show the grubs, and he wasn't really sure that there were grubs and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Dude, I have got 15, 20 stops I do a day. I don't have time to dig up and look for a grub every time. The other problem is all lawns have grubs. Some lawns are healthy enough that you don't see the damage. They fight back. They grow through it. Other lawns don't. I've seen a number of lawns that have been so overwatered that it's hiding the grub damage. And that gets difficult because is it overwatering damage? Is it grub damage? Are they recovering from underwatering? Because you got this brown in there and 
it's a little bit harder to pull out when you've got a bunch of healthy plants that are mingled with it. And so that's going to come back and kick me if I don't get those issues resolved. So you have to look at it. And I checked a couple lawns yeah, in the last couple of days. And I had lawns that were just a mottled brown. And I reached over and I pulled just a little tuft out. That came out with a little bit of dirt, little ragged edges on the bottoms of the stems. I'd almost call them frayed. And, okay, grubs. And it was through the entire front lawn. So I got out my backpack sprayer. I laid a pretty good pattern. I've gotten good at this over this last year to kill those grubs. And, again, since I just use what's on the truck most of the time, that was really, really quite easy. But it took some time. But, again, if you don't address this, you're going to very likely have more damage. And I call them grubs. But a lot of what I just say grubs is really the sod web one. I'll go out there and I'll walk a property and I'll say, okay, I got these brown patches. And everywhere I'm going on the lawn, these little moths that kind of flutter off the soil, those are mom and dad doing their thing and laying new eggs. And we can have, I don't know how many generations of those a season. You've just got to break that cycle or you're going to be in trouble. I know some people say that you were kind of alluding a little bit to it, too, that if you overwater, it can hide the symptoms. They also say that if you fertilize heavier, you can also hide that damage. Yeah, if you fertilize heavier, the plant grows quicker and recovers from the damage quicker. Now, we talked about the danger of over-fertilization, but you got to balance that out. If you didn't fertilize before the damage... After the damage isn't going to do much good until we get cooler temperatures. Grass is going to want to grow. I forget the exact temperature, but it starts growing more lushly, somewhere between 70 and 80 degrees-ish. And that's when its maximum growing rate is. Now, yesterday we are up over 100. Today we are about mid-90s. We're going to bounce them back and forth between the next 10 days. But we're still three to four weeks away from getting down into the 80s regularly by normal patterns. These days, I don't know if normal counts anymore with the weather, but by normal patterns, we're still going to be probably mid-September before we're solidly into the 80s. And then it can go really cold really fast after that. And so we're not at optimum growth yet. By the end of August, we're going to be growing faster. But during that 120 degrees, really my job as a fertilizer applicator on that end of it is to keep stuff green. I don't really want it growing this time of year. And so if you're putting on enough fertilizer, enough water to have it growing, you're creating a lot of pollution and you're creating a lot of mowing. I would rather go in and kill the grubs, to be perfectly honest. The bifenthrin that I use the most for killing grubs is active for about two weeks, and then it breaks down pretty quick. I like that. I do use aminochloropid, which is systemic. It'll be in the plant for a long time. 
that's just simply on some of these really bad jobs is a better option. And that job I talked about, I think I'll be able to go hit it tomorrow. I'm just going to fill my tank and I'm going to go for it. And then next year, if we still have that account, it's bad enough looking, we may not have it. Next year, that is one I'm going to pre-treat with a menachloripid because they have got some serious problems on that lawn. And simply put, it's in such bad shape, I'm going to have to take very proactive action to keep it healthy, and that's going to be a pain. But they've neglected it for so long, and I have so many weeds, and I have so many bugs in there, I'm just going to have to go after it. And I really actually hate doing that, but sometimes that's all you're left with. So honestly, in my home lawn, I don't mind a small grub patch here or there. It's not like I have greatly healthy lawn right now. It's all covered with walnut branches anyway. But I'm not the guy that wants a pristine, green, lush lawn that looks like 70s shag carpet. I'm the long-haired hippie that wants flowers and bees and edibles and all the really cool stuff. And my diversity helps me eliminate a lot of the pests that a lot of people have. Now, I know... We talked about this earlier. I know eventually I'm going to get tomato hornworm. It's going to happen. But I'm only planting four plants a year. I don't think I've ever done more than maybe six plants. If I'm going to do canning, I will go and do more. I haven't had time to can in some number of years now. But I'm also very likely to put a patch of tomatoes here put some squash and some corn in the middle and then put a patch of tomatoes over there. Makes it a lot harder for the pests to get established when I've had small patches that are interspersed. And even in my lawn, I have yarrow growing. I have clover growing. I have violets growing. I put minted parts of it. If I have grubs come and hit my lawn, I'll just have something else that I actually like take over. There's something to be said for that. I think I've ranted and raved about this before, but lawns are what we call a monoculture. That means single growing in Latin. That means I've got one type of plant growing in an area. When you have a larger monoculture and four turf grass, your front lawn's kind of a pretty large monoculture, to be perfectly honest you're going to attract more pests. When you do have pests, you're going to have more visible damage. And you're not going to have anything that can come in and replace it. So then you're going to have more weeds grow because you're not going to be having these things that you like growing. And then this is all well-understood science. You talk to anybody in forestry, agriculture, horticulture, we all know this. And we all know this is going to happen. But we're not very good at coming up with solutions that people like. People don't like my lawn because I don't care if it's got dandelions in it. Well, that's not true. I've got a neighbor who's got a lawn service, so I'm going to have to do something about my dandelions this year because I don't really want him mad at me, to be honest. But because I allow the things I want to come into this area... 
when there's damage, they fill in, and it fills in with something I like rather than something I don't like. And when you're having a strict monoculture, you simply can't do that. Your job is to have grass, pure grass, and nothing but grass, and that leads to having unhealthier grass. So it's a vicious cycle. We call it the rat race. If anybody's ever read The Secret of Nim, I never finished the entire book. But there's a part where they're talking about having a vacuum, running the vacuum, and having to vacuum more because of the pollution from the vacuum, from the energy it takes from the vacuum. And we get into that with the lawns, and these are not good practices we follow for ecology or for our own simplicity and for our own time management. These are just so you can impress the neighbor. To me, that seems like a dead end. I have to do it for work because that's what people want to pay for. They don't want to pay for me to come and plant clover. I wish they would. It would be so much better for their lawns. But that's what we live in is a vicious circle where we're trying so hard to have that green, lush, single type of plant. It's a dead end. A lawn is going to last 20 years. After that, it's going to have so many weedy grasses, so many difficult-to-kill broadleaves, that it's really, really hard to maintain. And I told my client the other day, it's like, well, lawns typically last about 20 years, and you talk about these weeds that you have in your lawn, that's why. If you want a good lawn, you almost have to replace it, kill everything and replace it every 20 years. I don't think that's an effective use of time and effort. I think it's much more effective to go out and plant some nice plants for bees and get some flowers for the wife, which gets you bonus points, I might add. It's well worth it. And it's a much more realistic scenario. Yeah, I'm going to have a patch die here and there, but a lot of these plants will reseed, and a lot of them are actually really easy to replace. Or you can divide out some plants from another section to replace those. It ends up being, in my book, a lot easier than trying to maintain turf grass. Turf grass is a pain in the butt to maintain. Flower beds, get us some weeding, trim it once a year. You're usually pretty good. If you want to spend more time, that's great. But you don't have to. As we're coming into the fall season, what are we recommending as far as fertilization rates as well as what are we looking at for the mix to prepare them for the winter? Okay. Your rates are all going to depend on what you've put on your grass before. Now, on the low end, and this is per 1,000 square feet, on the low end, you're going to want about 2 pounds a year. Now, if you mulch mow, you can probably go a little bit lower than that. Exactly where, I'm not sure. High end is 5 pounds a year. Now, going into fall, I'm going to want about, as soon as it cools off, end of August, I'm going to want to put about half a pound of nitrogen on, maybe even a little bit higher than that. And what this is going to do is give us good growth as we go into this cooler growing season. I want that on there because as the grass tops grow, those have got to produce energy for better root growth, and that'll give me better health and survival 
through the winter and a quicker green up in the spring. Again, depending on how much you've added prior, you could probably even add a little bit more. My company generally does six applications a year. And so I can play with things a little bit. But honestly, three to four times a year is all a homeowner would need to do if they're using the right product. And again, this is pretty complex. I mean, I come in, my first fertilization commercially, I'm starting mid-February, and I'm putting on like maybe a quarter pound, maybe less. This year I was a little bit low, so next year I'm actually going to double that. And that's early February. That's for the people who want to impress the neighbors and have it green as green as green can be in early March or late February. I'm not that guy, but that's what people want commercially, so I do it. My preference is to go in March, use a good slow-release or even better controlled-release fertilizer. Now, the difference between a controlled release and a slow release, slow release is an older style. It's just a sulfur coating. You can kind of gauge how quickly it's going to go, but as soon as that sulfur coating breaks down, the fertilizer is going to go through the grass and get absorbed either into the atmosphere or leached into the water fairly quickly because it's just a coated urea. Urea is a really, really volatile, really, really, really quick-moving type of fertilizer of nitrogen. And so I would go in March, and I like, if I can get a controlled release, and they sell these, I've got some, I forget what name it is, that was left out in the garage. Really, actually, a pretty good fertilizer. And it's controlled release. It's really a nice high-tech fertilizer. And you can put that on, and it's going to last three months, maybe more. So I put that in March, early March. Then I'm going to put another dose on in June. And your March application, I'm going to want that to be somewhere between 0.75 pounds per 1,000 square feet to maybe a pound because we're going to get a lot of growth in the spring. You're going to be mowing a lot at that rate, but a slow release. It's controlled release, I should say. It's not slow release. It's controlled release. So that is going to keep you going into June. In June, I put down no more than maybe half a pound of actual nitrogen per 1,000 square feet. Formulation is going to depend exactly what fertilizer you use, so I can't give you more detail than that. And then I'm going to come in and fall about the beginning of September, not quite fall yet, but beginning of September, really late summer. And I'm going to put down another 0.75 pounds to one pound. And that's going to get me two, maybe up to three pounds per year. This is for a fairly unused lawn. The more usage it gets, the higher you put it up to until you actually get five pounds. Five pounds, more than five pounds, there's no value to it. The plants can't take it up quick enough. You're going to be wasting a lot. And that will get me through the summer really well. Again, if you've got heavy use, like a sports field, you're going to tweak that. But for your front lawn, where people aren't walking on it a lot, two to three pounds is sufficient. Two and a half is actually probably really good. And you're going to have a great lawn. And your fall 
late summer, early fall fertilization as September or so is really going to put you in a good shape for the upcoming year. I think at my job last year, I don't think they got enough on that later fertilizer. I think that's costing me a lot this year. Of course, my boss doesn't want to hear that, so I've got to correct all those problems immediately. That's life, right? All bosses have reasons. They've got bills to pay, and they've got people that they want to keep employed. And in my business, it's got to be a green, weed-free lawn. No ifs, ands, or buts, or you're in trouble. All right, then. Let's take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. We'll continue our discussion with Mr. Alex Grover with Utah's Best Gardening. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion on fighting those weeds and improving the lawns. Stick around. More fun is on the way here on Western Life Radio. Faster Utah is a nonprofit corporation empowering teachers, administrators, and other school staff to take care of school violence and casualties until the professionals get there. For more information and to find out how you can help, go to fasterutah.org. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price of only $75. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from day to purchase. In addition, Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. Did you know that Utah's off-highway vehicle and personal watercraft youth education programs required by law are now online at www.stateparks.utah.gov? All youth must carry this certification while operating on Utah's waters or public lands. OHV education is required for youth aged 8 to 15 and PWC education is required for youth aged 12 to 17. Summer has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do, and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse. Take it outside. 
When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement has been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com. Hey, let's hit the lake. Put on your life jackets and let's go. But mom, when will I be old enough so I won't drown and I don't have to wear my life jacket? Will I be invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my life jacket too. Anyone can drown, no matter how old they are. Accidents do happen. Protect yourself and set an example. Wear the proper safety gear when you're on the water. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Rise above the best and experience faster internet with Rise Broadband. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so that you can stream all your favorite music, movies, and shows with fast, reliable in-home Wi-Fi. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Get fast, reliable wireless internet so that you can stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering or interruption, or connect with family and friends on Skype. With Rise Broadband, you're just a click away. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 855-375-9473. Put on your helmet. Let's go. But, Mom, when will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet, too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Now back to Western Life Radio with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Welcome back to Western Life Radio. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff, host of this program. We have Alex Grover with us with Utah's Best Gardening. If people want more information, if they want to learn what they can do as far as improving their garden, improving the yards, any other tips or suggestions you have for them? If you're on Facebook, I'd go to Utah's Best Gardening. I've just gotten a new moderator. It's somebody I've worked with before, and she's moderated other groups for me. She's got a degree in landscape management, so we've got two experts with degrees, moderating it. And it's the only group in Utah that's got actually degreed landscape and plant science people as their only moderators. There are some great people that don't have degrees that are very knowledgeable, and I wouldn't hesitate to follow their advice. In fact, I quite often follow their advice. But I do like that I've got a couple of people who are able to look at it with that same mentality of evaluating things and then finding the best solution, knowing the science and knowing what can damage those areas. And not every person that graduates with a plant science or landscape management degree is going to do that. But I've tried to be careful to have really good people there who can say, no, 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 this is not what we do. This is a better way. 
then if you would like, and I haven't been posting because I've been really busy, but my YouTube channel, Grow How, I put a lot of stuff on there when I'm not so busy trying to survive the bug infestations, which is taking a lot of time. And I try and keep stuff accurate. I try and keep stuff relevant. And I try and give you good information. That's not to say I'm always going to be perfect. There are mistakes I've made. But I also don't have a problem saying, eh, I screwed up on this. Let's try it again. That's okay. I'm not perfect. I don't expect anybody else to be perfect. I just expect improvement. Drastic. Like perfection within a day. That kind of improvement. <laughs> that quick, huh? <laughs> Darn straight. Again, you have a passion for sharing knowledge with folks out there. We have a lot of appreciation for you, a lot of respect for you and your efforts. One more time, where do they find you on Facebook? Where do they find you on YouTube? On Facebook, it's Utah's Best Gardening. On YouTube, it's Grow How. And I do cover some of the stuff we talked about today. Those are important things, and I think a lot of these things we need to review sources and new ideas and new technologies on a regular basis. I got my degree, graduated 2002, so it wasn't even 20 years ago. That was before the neonics became a really big deal. That's before we had the controlled release fertilizers. That was before some other innovation I was talking to my supplier about. Oh, yeah. There's a chemical I'm using a lot on morning glory and quack grass. It's called quinclorac. That simply wasn't available, at least not commonly. If it was, it was expensive when I graduated. And now I'm using it a lot on morning glory, and I expect in the next two to three years that this company keeps me on, my places will have... I won't get rid of all the morning glory, or field bindweed, I should say it properly bindweed, but I'm going to cut back the amount we have because I've evaluated how to use it correctly, and eventually I'll also cut down on the crabgrass. So there's a lot of new innovation that I did not expect, and while I've been off doing other things that are admittedly funner, like design and tree work and a lot of that, these things have snuck in and turf control, and they're making a difference for those people that use them correctly. And it's kind of interesting because innovations, when I was graduating, had come slowly in, in small increments. But the way they're applying chemistry and the biology and the things that we're using now are really a lot more advanced than 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, things weren't that much different than 20 years before that. So we're going to small green revolution here and so even though I actually prefer not to spray and stuff the idea of being able to get rid of my morning glory cut it down to an amount that I can actually manage is actually really exciting to me because I've spent a lot of my time as a kid and as an adult dealing with morning glory and trying to get rid of it so it doesn't literally choke out plants it's kind of a big deal to me it's doable now. And for so many years, it was not doable. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can knock it back and have a more sane garden care by using these chemicals wisely 
and hopefully in proper restraint. It's really easy to overdo it. It's really easy to overdo it. Nothing but respect for you, Alex. I sure do appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Well, I sure do appreciate coming out here, and I've looked back at it, and I talked a lot of some of the old standard stuff, but in this last section on turf, we got to newer technologies, and it's kind of exciting. And I don't like necessarily lawns the way they've come to be in the United States, but with the ability to get out your fertilization to be more accurate and to have that slow-release aspect really improves our ecological footprint while giving people what they want, which is nice green turf. And to me, that's exciting to be able to look at that and say, you know, this happened in my generation. No, I didn't help. But I also know that I'm going to be one of those people that's going to be promoting these better ways so that if we demand this lawn that we have, we're at least going to be more environmentally sensitive and cautious about the way we do it. Again, to be able to get rid of morning glory, to feel bindweed, I've fought battles with that since I was just a boy in Lehigh. I've talked before about how my mom insisted on putting the strawberry patch right where the field bindweed was the strongest. And it would have taken my dad a couple of years to weaken that through older sprays. Older sprays that were 20 years ago still fairly cutting edge. And now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get rid of that in a year, but I can reduce it substantially for next year. And in a couple of years, I can get it to, not nothing, but to a minor annoyance rather than a major. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. It's pretty cool. Wish you all the best, Alex. We'll be looking forward to visiting with you soon again. Well, take care, everyone out in Radio Land. Get on Facebook, ask questions. Go find some books. Enjoy your life. Manana. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price of only $75. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from day to purchase. In addition, Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. Only in the forest can you see this. And this. And this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. I didn't know it 
can do that? Because one trip to the forest can spark a world of difference. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, canoeing, fishing, or camping. Or create your own adventure with family and friends, and you might just see this. Your moment's out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Summer has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do, and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse. Take it outside. School resource officers make $50,000 and up. Faster You Talk can train 40 or more school staff members to the same skill level for the same amount of money. What do you think? FasterUtah.org. Is your boat registered and insured for the summer season? Most boats must have proof of insurance on board and be properly registered with bow numbers and stickers. Take the Utah Boating or Coast Guard Auxiliary courses and you just might get a discount on your insurance. For a copy, call 801-538-BOAT. This message brought to you by the Utah State Parks Boating Program. Western Life Radio with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Welcome back to Western Life Radio. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff, host this program. We have Mr. Brant Taylor with us with Taylor Gunsmithing and Faster Utah. You know, we're into August already, and we're right on the doorstep of many hunts already. Archery hunts coming online here very soon. We got muzzleloader hunts, shotgun hunting opportunities. It's last-minute time to get things lined up and making sure that we connect the dots for the hunts. Yeah, don't put it off till the last minute. You might be disappointed. I try to help people out as much as I can, but there's only so much that can be done in a certain amount of time, so don't put things off. Get things done. Get prepared. Go shoot your guns and sight them in. Make sure everything works sooner than later. I know it's a little bit hot, but you still should go out and test your equipment back to the faster training for just a second that's another valuable thing that you learn when you do training is is how your equipment works and some of those people most valuable thing they learned was what equipment worked the best for them but it's the same with shooting of all types and kinds you want to know that your equipment's going to work you you don't want to pay a lot of money and use a lot of points up on a good hunt and not have your equipment at 100%. And on the range, actually, that happened a couple times. There were a couple folks that had some real challenges with their firearm. It was a real problem for them, actually, to be shooting proficiently. Some of them needed a little maintenance, a little oil, fixed the situation in some cases. But other ones, they actually had to move on to different type of uh, firearm to perform better on those tests. You need to know how your equipment works. You need to know that it works well. 
that'll give you the confidence to go and make that tough shot under pressure. And if you're looking at a nice buck or a nice bull or basically any kind of game, there's some adrenaline factor there. And if you don't have confidence in your equipment or if it doesn't work the way you think it's going to, that can be a problem. It can prevent you from meeting your goals. That's right. And you bring up another good point, too. I mean, the right firearm makes the difference, too. I mean, if a thirty out 6 kicks like a mule and you become gun-shy and you're flinching, maybe you want to consider a different caliber or maybe you want to consider something a little different that you can be a little more accurate because if you're flinching a lot, it's less likely you're going to hit the target when you need to. Maybe you need a muzzle brake. I'm not a big fan of muzzle brakes on hunting rifles, but some people are. I think a good recoil pad is the best thing that you can do for your rifle, even if it doesn't kick a lot. A good recoil pad just makes it that much easier to shoot well. If it doesn't whack you in the shoulder or in the cheek every time, you're going to make that shot a lot easier than if it does. Your confidence goes way up. If you know what that firearm's going to do, and if you're comfortable with it, you're going to be much better off. I mean, the same thing goes with fishing rods and everything else, and maybe not so much with fishing rods as it does with firearms. But where inches matter, if you're on target or not on target, again, a good clean shot on those hunts makes all the difference, whether you bring the animal down and minimize a lot of pain for that animal and chasing it all over the country, and also potentially wasting a lot of meat because it builds up all that lactic acid while it's running around or bringing it down cleanly and humanely and bring it home quickly. I think we should respect life enough to want to make a clean, humane kill on an animal. I know things happen. You can't be perfect every time, but that should be your aim and your goal, to make a clean shot on an animal you're going to take. It just makes it that much easier to take care of and enjoy, and that's important to me. I hope it's important to everyone else. It is to me. The hunts are a lot of fun, but it's a lot more fun when you can pull the trigger, connect the dots, and take care of business quickly. Exactly right, Brian. You want to go and get some good organic meat and have a good experience, and that's all enhanced by being prepared. Can you see this? And this? And this? But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. I didn't know it could do that! Because one trip to the forest can spark a world of difference. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, canoeing, fishing, or camping. Or create your own adventure with family and friends and you might just see this. Your moment's out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. If you would like a little more from your range experience than standing and shooting holes in paper, come and train with us, taylorgunsmithing.com. Rise above the best and experience faster internet with Rise Broadband. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so that you can stream all your favorite music, movies, and shows with fast, reliable in-home Wi-Fi. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Get fast, reliable wireless internet so that you can stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering or interruption, or connect with family and friends on Skype. With Rise Broadband, you're just a click away. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 855-375-9473. School resource officers make $50,000 and up. Faster Utah can train 40 or more school staff members to the same skill level for the same amount of money. What do you think? FasterUtah.org. to Western Life Radio, a 29-year outdoor and Western lifestyle tradition. Thanks for joining us. May all your days be filled with new adventures. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff.